The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. 2022. We're Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello everyone, welcome to this special injury update episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a very special guest for you. This episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the western New York or central New York area, do yourself a favor. Check out the Delago Resort and Casino. Check out the sportsbook there. Have something to eat. Have a drink. Make a bet. It is an absolutely great time. You will not regret it. We are talking with Kyle Trimble of Banged Up bills he is a doctor in physical therapy he is a contributor over at uh, cover one he has written for buffalo rumblings you've heard him here on this podcast network on our podcast you've heard him on locked on bills you've heard him on buffalo late night um gridiron heroics everywhere he's an injury spotter for pro football doc um you've 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 heard him everywhere he he (laughs) always is is updating us with everything going on specifically with the buffalo bills and uh and this is uh just such an important week for all of those injuries uh you know including we're going to get into it in a second but i'd like to welcome kyle back to uh circling the wagons kyle it is so good to talk to you again man how are you I'm doing well, Nate. Thanks for having me on again. I, I I'm hitting the podcast circuit, and there's just another stop that I was looking forward to tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to make your rounds, man. This is yep. this is. I'm so glad you 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 took the time out to to talk about this. This is a special one. So um, let's get into it. Um, you know, obviously there's there's a huge um, injury that's on every Bills fan mind going into this game versus the Vikings. And uh, of course, we're talking uh, David Questelberry, right? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. We got to talk about the guy QB one, Josh Allen. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know that the the injury reports came out today. Um, Josh Allen wasn't seen on the practice field during the media portion of it. Um, you've written about this uh, at bangedupbills.com, which I I'd absolutely recommend, and you've been updating folks um, as this has gone on. But um, actually, could you take us through? Like the injury in general, because um, a lot of people probably saw it. A lot of people have an idea, but I mean, your your biological, physiological understanding of it is so much greater than than what we just know as just general fans. Um, what happened exactly in that Jets Bills game um, that caused this injury, and what did you see when you first uh, noticed it? So what happened was Josh Allen was in the pocket. They were trying to drive down the field to at least tie the game, potentially win it. And Josh Allen was um, third, the third to last play of the game. He was in the pocket. Bryce Huff had come in and was trying to apply pressure on Josh Allen. 
got pretty much his whole body on Allen as he's cocked back. So think of the shoulder in that 90-90 position that we see, the abduction of 90 degrees, the elbow 90 degrees, and he's cocking back. So then he's getting ready to throw back, and his arm is back in external rotation. Uh, Bryce Huff comes and hits the shoulder and elbow area, more or less the forearm, and brings everything back and kind of overstresses it there. So Allen's trying to move his arm forward as Bryce Huff's momentum and body weight is bringing his arm backwards. That's where I believe the uh, medial elbow sprain, the UCL, occurred there. Um, Allen was able to finish the game, though he was gripping at his wrist initially, and then he was gripping at his elbow, and he kind of cupped around the elbow, uh, showing that he was at the medial elbow, which is the inside portion. He tried throwing a digs, skipped a pass, and then threw that absolute bomb to Gabe, da- Gabe Davis, which unfortunately he missed. But the fact that he threw a, a ball 70 yards in the air with a sprained elbow, it, it's impressive. Um, but after the game, he said he's in slight pain. They've been really downplaying it, and they've been taking it day by day, as Sean McDermott has said, because McDermott's not going to give us anything. But then we've seen the past two days... Uh, Allen has not been able to practice. He's had a compression sleeve, or not compression sleeve. There might be one on there, but he also has bracing on the area as well. And he's been walking through the field house, and he has not even been out at practice in terms of trying to do anything. So um, that's kind of where we're at with things. And the team's being real coy, but that's their that's their mo. They're going to be coy about this. So it's just, it, it, I expect them to do it this way. But it's interesting to see how social media responds to everything that they're doing. Is 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 the social media response like the the sky is falling? Is that what you mean when you say that? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I thought it was bad when Micah Hyde uh, with, got injured, and I saw the stuff with that. And the Trey White injury was another big one too. But it seems like it just escalates every time. Of course, Josh Allen's probably you can't get any bigger than him, right? I mean, I don't think there's anybody more high-profile on teams. So when that happens, like, oh, my God. Um, and people generally light up whenever he does get hurt. He had the shoulder injury back in 2020. He got his ankle, foot, uh, knee. It was a weird thing with Joey Bosa or whatever, whichever Bosa is with the Chargers. Um, he's had injuries before, but this one, it seems like it just any type of social media interaction, just everybody's all over it. it it's, it's absolutely insane there. So... Um, it's, it's justified, but it's just crazy how, uh, how many people are behind the bills in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you, going back to what you said about that throw to Gabe Davis after he sprained his arm, I, I saw, um, an article that said that that throw to Gabe Davis was the furthest throw that anyone had made in six seasons in the NFL, which is crazy, right? Crazy after you have a sprain like that. When you when you hear that, is that does that? I mean, how does that register as as someone who's like treated people with with this uh, injury? Um, I think of the adrenaline's going. You think of that mom that's lifting the car off the their child, you know, just superhuman strengths of you know, just superhuman feats. I I can't explain it, but I know the adrenaline was probably going, and I'm sure he. Paid for it later, but I mean, chance to win the game that just adds the legend of Josh Allen if he completes that pass. And it's like, oh, yeah, the legend of Josh yeah. Allen. I love it. I love it. And now, so from the outside in, from someone who has no medical background whatsoever, um, when I see that, I'm like, well, like he can play this week, right? Like, because he, he did, he had that throw like two seconds after. I'm sure with a week of rehabbing, some cooling, some compression, like everything you said, like he'd be able to play. Like, in my mind, that makes logical sense. Is that, is that what you think at all? Or is that like the complete opposite way of how I or other fans should be viewing that? Outside of major structural instability, such as, you know, um, an ACL, Achilles, um, some type of like biceps tear, something like that where you physically can't get out there, anybody realistically could get out there and play. It's just how effective they're going to be. And that's where I think that comes down to Josh Allen. I don't believe he's going to be playing um, in Week 10 against the Minnesota Vikings just because uh, a number of different things. A, quarterback one, you're paying a quarter billion dollars to this guy, and I don't think you're going to hold him out as a precaution. The only time we see that happen is um, at the end of the season, like when there's nothing to play for. Fine, keep those guys out. They, they have a track record doing that. Uh, Ian Rappaport had said on his uh, podcast that he has a tiny tear in there. That suggests that there's at least a grade two in there. Um 
no more than a grade two because of grade three that we'd say that, Hey, that's a full blown rupture seasons over, blah, blah, blah. We don't see that in football to begin with, at least from the quarterback position. So, uh, if it was a grade one, which it could be, uh, we would see more of the microscopic tearing. It'd be more mild and he'd probably better play through it more of a pain thing, but there might be some type of instability in there with a grade two, even a minor grade two. When they say tiny tear, that's still some type of partial tearing that they could see on the imaging. And if he were to try to play through that, He'd probably be okay in the first half, um, but when he starts getting hit, when he starts trying to throw deep, when he starts really trying to um, throw ahead of guys, those anticipatory throws, or if the defensive uh, line is really hacking on his arm and or hitting him again, that's where you're going to see the problems uh, come in there. So as a result, he's going to ha- start having difficulties with his grip strength because the ulnar nerve goes up along there, and the team was looking at that as a possible uh, concern. And then he just got to lose range of motion because things are going to be swelling and get angry in there. And I don't want to see him start reverting to his legs in order to move the ball. Like he's, he's deadly in the pocket too. Let's, let's use all the tools available to him. So if this was the playoffs, I'd sure as hell hope he'd get out there and try to play in. Uh, but week 10 against an NFC opponent, why bother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Is it, is it one of those things like with a grade two tear? Can it be downgraded or healed to a grade one tear after a week? Or does it take several weeks? Or like, what's the next step? Because if he's at that level now, we just need to get him to the next stage. And I guess that would be like recovering to a grade one tear. Does that make sense? I mean, is that yeah. logically? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, every every tissue in the body heals to some extent. Now, depending on the blood flow, um, what that tissue is, uh, some heal up really fast, uh, some take a long time to heal up. It just really depends on where in the body it, it is there. So, um, when we're talking ligaments, so generally grade one, you know, zero to two weeks, um, sometimes a little bit more, depending on the body part. Then you look at grade two, you're looking, you know, four to six weeks, and then grade three, you're looking, you know, potentially surgery, other things like that there. So I, I'm looking more in that four to six week where there's some, uh, significant problems um at least from a healing standpoint that's like a heal up quickly will he get better in a week yes from the initial injury but will he be enough to play in josh allen football no um i'm sure he's getting prp injections i'm sure he's getting any type of therapeutic modalities hit and help manage the swelling because that is the body's way to help the healing process is to create the inflammatory response but we don't want that in there so much that it's limiting his range of motion, ability to grip the football, the strength with that. Um, he's getting everything available to him. I mean, he's, he's, they have that great training facility. He's going to do whatever he can. That might help shave off a little bit of time, but still, you need that time to heal up. It's not like you can say, oh, well, you're Josh Allen. You're going to heal in two weeks because we tell you to, but, you know, this smart Barkley over here, good luck. You, you, six weeks and that, that's the best you're going to do. Like it's everybody heals generally the same give or take, you know, some variables. Well, when it comes down to, uh, like, what we'll see from Josh, like, you don't expect him to play this week. Like, will do you think that what will lead up to it, whether it's the week after or the week after that or the week after that or the week after that, do you think we'll see him throwing at all that week? Or will it be literally like a game-time decision, like he hasn't even gone through warm-ups, like he's just going to play today. They've just just determined based on the swelling or inflammatory response or or whatever, the way he's just gripping the ball or just whatever, like he's ready to go? Or do you think there will be a ramp-up like, okay, he's throwing, but this isn't the week for it. It's just not ready. He's just not ready. We'll see a ramp up period. We saw that with this 2018 injury. We see that with every other type of injury. Um, if you go back and look at the practice reports, I mean, I dig through that stuff. I, I've gotten a lot of the beat reports pretty well, and the video is invaluable when it comes to that stuff. We see how they start off on the side, and then they start doing more team drills, and they end up in the non-contact jersey. Then they end up in the regular jersey, and then they start just doing more and more in practice. Like they, They're not going to go from nothing, nothing, nothing to all of a sudden playing there. So we're not going to see Josh Allen do nothing, 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 all of a sudden go out and throw 50 passes a game. It's going to be you know, I don't think he throws it all this week. I think he's just trying to heal. Next week, you might see him start trying to do some things, you know, give a little taste of what's going on there. You know, maybe a few 10, 20 yard throws, but we're not seeing him unleash everything. Um, and then because of all that, you see having to load the tissue back up slowly. You can't just, you know, on and off switch. It's just not instantaneous with this stuff. And I think that's where some people think that, hey, he can play through this. 
you can, but then you're going to make things linger. And then suddenly a two or three week injury turns into six to eight because you never really give it the time to rest up. And we see that with guys all the time. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, perfect example. His, his broken ribs back in 2011. He never really had time to rest up. He, he battled through that. We've heard that multiple other times with guys. They never quite got healthy, the high ankle sprains and whatnot. So we'll probably see him start ramping up. People are going to get real excited, you know, for that Browns game. And then the only reason I think he's going to miss a third game is because that short week going into Thanksgiving, is that enough ramp up time to say, Hey, you're throwing, you're doing better. You're fine. Is that going to be enough time to really ramp up to say you're ready on a short week on Thursday where you say, Hey, give you the three weeks off, give you 20 plus days, to get right. And then you play against the new England Patriots in a uh, pretty much a must win game at that point. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of, Tredavious White, what he's going through now. I mean, there's been several different weeks where you're like, is he going to play? Is he not? Because he's been ramping up. Ever since he got activated off the pup, you're like, okay, he's in a red non-contact. You're like, okay, well, now he's now he's actually practicing. Oh, it's going to be... A, no, it's not this week, you know. Um, I could see something happening similarly for Josh Allen where we see, okay, he's thrown off this side. Like, uh, is he? Is he? No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. We'll wait for... So, so this is this is interesting. You know, it's, it's something we're definitely going to have to, you know, keep our eyes on but like it sounds like from what you're saying like the way social media is and i think this is just you know the way that we're we've been ingrained as bills fans to um look at things sometimes in a less optimistic light because of the type of fanhood that we've had throughout the years i mean this is the year that we're supposed to go to the super bowl so wouldn't it make sense that like you know the injury bug has hit us this hard we lose josh allen you know stuff like that um is there any message that you have for Bills fans to like, you know, just just calm down, just like pump the brakes a little bit, just settle down, like let's let's take it, you know, one week at a time, like let's not go nuts, like the season's not lost. I mean, do you ever feel that way when you read this on Twitter or social media, or like when people give you feedback about your articles on BangedUpBills.com? Uh, there's definitely an uh, information overload. It has been. Um, it's just I, I know. People naturally worry. I mean, I, I worry about things. Worrying doesn't get you anywhere, though. I mean, I, I think it's worrying shows you care, but nothing, nothing that you do on social media is going to impact the Bills' decision. They're not reading their stuff. I, I guarantee you, they're not reading my stuff. Say, hey, man, that Kyle, he knows what he's doing. We're going to take. If they're taking my advice. Hey, Grant, I'll give them my advice. But I mean, those guys are way more qualified than I am, um, and a lot more experienced. So that's why I, whenever I see what they're doing, I trust their judgment. But I know a lot of people worry. They're looking for some type of positive um, sliver of information. Says, hey, he's going to play. He's not going to play. But I, can, can you pick me a better three slate of games that you can miss that's going to minimally impact your season? I mean, you got two NFC opponents, you got um, a not so good AFC opponent. If this happened at the beginning of the season, with that how that, that early stretch of schedule was, that'd have been awful. If that even happened against Kansas City, Green Bay, that'd been awful. Like, I'm not saying that there's a sweet spot in the schedule, but like, if you have the opportunity to play this guy, Eric, me rest the guy in order to play later on. Why not? God forbid this happens at week 16, and then suddenly you're trying to limp a Josh Allen in there. Hopefully, you give him enough rest to play in you know divisional round game. Like that'd be horrible. I I'll take it in early November, 10 out of 10 times, rather than um, maybe other than early in the season, because sometimes a slow start in the early season can lead to other problems there. So. Uh, it's not a perfect time for injury, but this is a pretty darn good time for an injury such as this if you have to be the optimistic person. Yeah, yeah, I prefer the optimistic person. I do, <laughs> I do when it comes down. It's it's rare, but it's rare that we get that, so I appreciate that insight, Kyle. Well, well you mentioned earlier, like, if if he could play, reasonably play, like the coaching staff, you'd have no doubt that the coaching staff would actually play him. If I mean, if he could do it from a healthy standpoint and it wouldn't compound the injury. I mean, I think that's something that like I I think I need to hear as as a fan. And I think a lot of fans need to hear like like when uh, Tre'Davious White was held out, or like this last week, like Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, and they're like, well, it's just the Jets. Like in your opinion, based on what you just said, like you don't think that's ever the case. They don't overlook an opponent. And like, well, let's give this guy another week. Like, it's only the Jets. Like, if they can play, they will have them out there, correct? Oh, 100%. Um, I I know there's that thing about Jordan Poyer saying that he could have played 
um, but didn't against the Steelers. Of course, we know now he had a, you know, uh, the cracked ribs and the pneumothorax. Like, he could have played, but it still would have been really difficult for him to do that in hindsight. But they're not going to get a guy out there who's not going to be able to perform. Or, um, we've seen guys who are active but don't play because, you know, they just need a, a body just in case. Excuse me. So, it just is what it is with that. Um, they're not going to force the guy out there because they, they want to win. They're looking at the big picture. They've worked too hard in building this roster to make a short-sighted decision and get him out there too soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So definitely appreciate your thoughts on Josh Allen. Was kind of hoping that you'd be like, yeah, he's going to play. He's going to practice full. <laughs> he's going to have a full practice tomorrow, Nate. Don't worry. <laughs> and we're we're uh, recording this Thursday night, so literally anything could change. But, I mean, I definitely appreciate, you know, that, that input as far as what we know now and what we've been told. And like you said, your extensive research as far as the beat reporters and everything going on. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, we are joined by Kyle Trimble of bangedupbills.com. Um, this we're, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, Kyle, there is a, a litany of injuries going on right now uh, for the Buffalo Bills besides Josh Allen. The most important one always being Josh Allen, but you can't discount the importance of other players on the field as we saw last week. Um, I think particularly on the defensive side of the ball, I mean the offense wasn't great, but like the defensive side of the ball just trying to tackle and get guys out, it feels like... I mean, let me know what you think about this because I, I know you watch the game. I know you're a Bills fan. I know you like to analyze them as well as I do. Um like they could have used a Jordan Poyer, they could have used a Matt Milano, they could have used Greg Rousseau half of the game, you know, stuff like that. Um, I don't like to make excuses for injuries, but I mean, Bills did a good job of holding the Jets to only seventy or twenty points with those guys, but they could have used a little bit more tackling. Um, <clears throat> is that kind of the the gist of of what you saw in uh, in that Jets game last week? Yeah, you see the injuries start to compound on each other, and it's like, okay, we're missing this guy. That's fine. We'll, we'll survive. And then eventually you start missing too many of the core pieces, and you just – eventually it's like, whoa, maybe we can't do this, or we're not going to be as effective. Um, I know people are like, oh, injuries aren't an excuse. We've seen plenty of teams go on to do great things in, in the NFL, whether it's regular season or postseason or whatnot. I could think of Tennessee last year. They were beat to smithereens. I think they – I can't remember how the stat was. I, it, I think the number was like 91, 92, whereas I think they used 90 different players on their roster because of injury reserve and everything else like that. And like, if you factor in, you know, 53 players on a roster, I think they, they, you know, not quite doubled it, but came pretty close to that. So they still gathered, they gave, got the number one seed. Uh, the Patriots, I remember during the Super Bowl runs, they've had a ton of injuries. You go back on pro football reference and you just see red injury reserve all over the place. Um, Philadelphia, I think when they won the Super Bowl, they had a ton of injuries. So sometimes it's just attrition and they keep trying to move forward with this here. It's unfortunate the Bills are dealing with that. But once again, it just get the guys out there, get them healthy, make sure they can do what they need to do. But um, sometimes these games happen. I'd rather have them happen in the regular season when it doesn't have as much impact rather than the postseason where we saw that with the AFC Championship game. Our guys just came in so beaten, battered into a away stadium, they just couldn't overtake the Chiefs to make that final jump into the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's start off on the offensive. Let's stick with the offensive side of the ball. Um, we have uh, 
right tackle Spencer Brown. He was limited uh, in Wednesday and Thursday. He was a full practice. Um, we really missed him this last week. I'm not saying Spencer Brown is an all-pro or Pro Bowl level right tackle, but in my opinion, he's much better than David Questenberry. We need him back. Like, um, and I and I've never like loved Spencer Brown, but I really like him a lot. I think he's got young potential. Um, do you think it seems like he's a full practice on Thursday? Like we expect him to to, to be a full go on Sunday. Oh yeah, absolutely. He had uh, suffered the right ankle injury uh, due to friendly fire in Week Six against the Chiefs. Then they had the bye, and then he just wasn't looking very good coming off um, the bye in practice and whatnot. And so he's he's missed um, Week uh, Eight, and then even last week he really wasn't looking good in practice, pushing off the ankle. Um, so he missed Week Nine, and then he looked a lot better in practice this week. It's still not 100, percent but it's close enough to where he can actually go and play. And it'll be fortunate that he can go because David Quesenberry should also play with a groin injury. He had suffered on that same play that Josh Allen suffered his injury. Um, I give credit to Thad Brown on that one of um, Rochester News 8 because he, he pointed that out and, and showed me there. So I do thank him for that. But um, even both of them are banged up. At least you have some depth at the position because, frankly, I want Spencer Brown, David Quesenberry out there more so than Bobby Hart. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. It was David Questenberry's guy that he was blocking that caused the injury, if I'm not mistaken, from the right-hand side. Yeah, right? that was, was yeah. Huff, Bryce Huffer, yep. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So that would make sense. He got injured on the play, and then Josh got injured, so great. <laughs> um, let's go on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds has been uh, – did not practice for Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I mean, how did – I mean, did you see that? I didn't know he was out of the – he didn't leave the game no. at any point, 100%. did he? he? He was 100% of the snaps, and that's how it was for when he had his hamstring that he missed early in the season. 100% snaps. He was limited all week. Um, I would imagine the groin's a little more significant. Um, could have happened. Knowing the offense was on the field at the very end – you got to wonder when this thing happened. Um, I assume sometime in the end of the end of the game there, but that's the same thing with the Milano injury too. He uh, played hundred percent of snaps and then didn't uh, play the next week there. So it's hard to identify when that happened, but we know those groin injuries can linger. Um, sometimes they are core muscle injuries that present as groin injuries too. So you better let the things get rest and rehab in order to make sure they can do a lot of movements, you know, jumping forward, doing all the things you need to do as a linebacker. So do you, I mean, at this point, do you expect him to play on Sunday? Uh, not right now. Um, do not participate. It's usually two. Sometimes we see DMP, DMP, and then limited and they play. Uh, I see that for veteran players. Um, I'll tell you, Taiwan Jones is the exception to every role that they have for (laughs) practice participation, um, uh, designations. In fact, it's actually, Worth noting, he's not on the injury report this week. He's been dealing with a knee injury, but that's besides the point. So usually there's some patterns with that. I, If you know you're getting Milano back, I would say sit down, let rest this one up, Tremaine. You got uh, Tyrell Dodson that can play in there. Um, he's, he's done an admirable job when um, uh, when Edmonds was out. I was trying to think if he subbed for Milano at some point there too. Uh, but you have depth of position. It's not... It's not the greatest depth, but it's serviceable, and that's what you need when you're in a uh, needing him for one game. So, I mean, speaking of Matt Milano, Matt Milano went from a limited practice on Wednesday to a full practice on Thursday. You expect him to be ready for Sunday's game, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was expecting him to miss about a week, and that's what we see a lot of soft tissue, just nick that week to get off there. Uh, sometimes they, they are a little bit more, but the obliques, we don't have a ton of history with them, at least from the Bills. Not a ton of research out there I've seen, but I expected a week, and that's what we're seeing. Which is always tough because it's a, an oblique injury, but you'd never know the severity of it, and it all depends on the person, right? It's so some of this. It's funny because I'm asking you some concrete questions, but at the same time, I mean everything's so you know so everything. There's so much nuance in all of this, right? Like it's it's so hard to tell. Um, it, you really just have to pay attention to the injury report. I mean, that's all you can do, right? There's a lot of pattern recognition. That, that's what you do in healthcare. I mean, you look for patterns, you look for trends, you look for, um, okay, if you're feeling this, then are you looking for this? And that's how you kind of guide your, your questioning. So I'm looking at the injury report. I'm looking at how people are presenting when they get injured on the field. So you can't be right all the time. You can have the person right in front of you and still get the diagnosis wrong or your interventions or what you want to do. So it's, it's an art, not a science, uh, and, and sometimes. And plus, sometimes, I mean, we, 
we we don't like to think about this as fans, but I mean they're humans. They have setbacks. It's not always like everything is oh gravy and all of a sudden you know they're walking and something else gets or whatever you know i mean this it's i mean it's it's not an exact science we're not robots right um you know so this is an interesting question i I love your input for it because you're not only you know uh you know pt uh, you you have the the bill side of it as a fan um we're gonna get mamelano back we're we're most likely won't have tremaine edmonds in my opinion uh I like Tremaine Edmonds a lot, but I love Matt Milano. Matt Milano is my guy, and I think I think all of Bills Mafia has always liked him, but I feel like they've never missed him more than like when he has been playing this year, uh, which has been rare. But like uh, you just mentioned, Tyrell Dotson, when the Bills had Tyrell Dotson playing in for Matt, or, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I believe it was against the Steelers when they beat them thirty-eight to three. It was mm-hmm. one of those games. Um, I mean, seventy percent. Like, let's say Terrell Dotson is seventy percent of Tremaine Edmonds. Like at that point, like I'll take that because Terrell Bernard is not seventy percent of Matt Milano at this point, and that's not a, a knock against Terrell Bernard. He's a rookie. He's raw. Um, he Matt Milano is just another level of linebacker that we haven't had as Bills fans, in my opinion, since like Tequil Spikes or London Fletcher. Do you get that feeling at all? Like watching yeah. them play? Uh, yeah. Do you have the same analysis? Yeah, I, I, I can, I, I don't disagree with you. I'll tell you that. Um, I know a lot of the, 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 how they've kind of exploded this year is from what I've seen and, and read and whatnot there is more or less the defensive line giving the pressure and, and cleaning up everything so they can do what they need to do. They're not taking on those blocks that prevent them from getting their job done. We're seeing the benefits of building up that defensive line so that the rest of the, uh, the linebacking core and the secondary can do their job more effectively. Yeah. And I've always kind of, uh, like use this analogy of you know we wanted to see if Josh Allen was the franchise quarterback and it's like well let's give him a weapon let's actually give him a Stefan Diggs a wide receiver one to deal with and let's see if he and he did and he took it with it and he ran and he's proven to us every game since then that he's he's a franchise quarterback like I thought the same thing with Tremaine Edmonds this year is like hey like let's put the best defensive line he's ever had in front of him keep him clean um, I was talking with Anthony um, from cover one about this and he's like man he's like you ever see you know a uh, highlight reel uh uh, plays from Ray Lewis it's because he's being kept so clean at that level that like he can run sideline to sideline and just tackle guys you never see him shedding blockers and taking down the it's like you know that now finally Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano have that and I think Tremaine Edmonds has gone with it but I think I think Matt Milano's taking it also to another level mm-hmm. um, so that's great I'm really excited that we're getting Matt Milano back now let's go into uh Let's go into Greg Rousseau first. Let's go, and then we'll go into Poyer. Greg Rousseau, who started the first part of that game, I thought he looked good. Um, I thought he's, in fact, I th- it feels like he's having a really good year um, in general. I think, I think a lot of that has to do with you know his development, but also having Von Miller on the other side of him definitely helps. Um, he's been, uh, he did not participate in practice Wednesday and Thursday. Um, this almost feels like they're going to hold him out on this game unless we, unless we see anything else from the ankle. I mean, he didn't finish that game. He was out immediately. So, um, is that kind of the, uh, the implication or where you see this, his playing uh, ability come Sunday? Uh, he's going to be out. The team is designated as week to week. And rarely do we see guys say week to week and they play the next game. Like once again, Day-to-day, week-to-week is not an exact science, but there are some trends with that stuff. Um, but they even came out and said high ankle sprain. It did fit the uh, mechanism of injury on the film. Uh, what happened was late in the second quarter, uh, Tyler Conklin, the, the Jets' tight end, I can't tell if he fell over or kind of tried to hit him low, but he caught the outside of him, got in that dorsiflexion, eversion mechanism, pinned the ankle to the ground. Um, Edmonds got back up, or not Edmonds, uh, Rousseau got back up and continued playing for, I think, about five or six more plays, but he was struggling. He was limping around, flying motion to come out, got the angle taped up, and then just did not return. So um, I'm probably looking at about three games for him to be missing because we've seen that with Jay Kumro, saw it with Ed Oliver. Um, I, I don't know that they want to do an IR candidate unless it was really severe, but the fact they're saying um, – that he, he's week to week and they haven't made that designation already suggests they're going to keep him at that three weeks and try to get him back sooner than being locked in at that four game uh, restriction. So um, it's unfortunate, but even the side he does play on that, uh, he pushes off that, that ankle a whole lot. So he's not going to get a real good, you know, jump off the line, even if he did try to play through it. Do you think that this is an area where the bills, defensive line depth will truly be tested now without him with AJ Vanessa, Boogie Basham. Like, is this going to be, 
I mean, I I, I want to say I know it's a downgrade because I really like Greg Rousseau. I think he's having a good season. But is this a chance for one of them to step up and prove that they're they're really good depth piece that that can be counted on in 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 in, in uh, Rousseau's absence? I, I would think so. Um, I could see the Bills also bringing up Mike Love to um, give some depth to that. He's been in the system since, I think, 2018. I think he's played in three games total, but the guy knows the defense, and he can get out there. We saw how well he did in the preseason. So even if he gets, gets a call-up for Rousseau, um, I think they get three call-ups this year, um, two or three. Anyway, they have a game plan, and this allows Epinesa, your Boogie Basham, Shaq Lass, and all those guys to get up and say, hey, I get to play opposite of Von Miller. Let's see what I can do and show why I maybe should be up here instead of Rousseau or whatever. Yeah, yeah, great. Great. Now, now, actually, I, I have two people. I was going to talk to you about Poyer, but let's talk about cornerback Kair Elam right now. Um, he was limited on Wednesday, did not participate on Thursday. Ankle injury. Um, do you expect him to, to suit up on Sunday? He's an iffy because he was moving around all right in practice. I saw him jumping around and whatnot. And how he injured his ankle, it was the left side. This happened on the Garrett Wilson fumble recovery. He fumbled his own ball, recovered it, and Elam was trying to slow down. And by video, it looked like he tweaked his ankle trying to slow down, like he had an inversion ankle sprain. Um, it almost looks like he jammed it, though, too, trying to slow down so suddenly. Um, you got to wonder if maybe there's not some type of you know, minor bone contusion or something in there. And then he tries practice on Wednesday, gets that thing all angry and said, hey, let's, let's shut you down there. So um, he's a big iffy for me. I'd want to see what he does on Friday. But if he get got things angry, shut him down, give him a week off. You got Trey White coming back in. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good one for one. That's not even a one for one. That's like a, a two for one special at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just want to make sure like Travis White is definitely coming back. Like, this is the last possible week he has to not not like be active right like i mean all signs well, point to him playing sunday i they can't I make mean, him he's, a, he's on the active roster they, they, he's on the active roster so they can there's no restrictions on anything they're doing like he's okay. been activated from pop um so they can they could have him sit out every game they want to make a healthy scratch if they wanted to but like at some point it's like okay what are you waiting for and i think <laughs> that um if they i don't say they have to cut anybody i think if they don't have to reduce anybody's playing time um, artificially that they don't have to. And I think that's a nice, you know, transition to say, Hey, Elam's going to be out. Let's give him a rest there. Let's get white built back in there. And then we can still have depth around you, but we'll not cutting into a rookie's development. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, if Kyrie Elam does not play, I mean, that would be a perfect time, obviously to have Tredavious white, just in case you were on the fence, like, Hey, let's, yeah. let's not put Dean Jackson, Christian Benford, even though, you know, they have started in the past. Like let's like, yeah. Or at least, I don't know. At least finally get Tre'Davious White some reps. I mean, geez, he hasn't even he hasn't seen the field. Like at yeah. least let him play like some. I mean, if if you're okay, okay. So you're dealing with a guy who's coming off a, a, a torn ACL. Um, if you were trying to ease him into the game and not have him play 100 percent of the snaps, would you rather him play obvious rundowns or obvious passing downs? If you had to choose, what might be better or what, what might be less like, or does it even matter? Does it? it it, it, it's a good question. Um, it's a real good question. My concern is the rundowns. You're trying to slow. You're trying to stop suddenly, change direction, and, and catch guys. But then also the passing. You're jumping up. You're you're cutting across the field. There's a lot of different things. Uh, my initial thing is rundowns, just because I think you can control it more and you can kind of react a little bit easier. Whereas you're going more muscle memory and reacting to what the wide receiver does in that reaction time is going to be a little bit decreased um, in the passing game and how, how I interpret it a little bit. But I think he's going to be a see more what's going on with the running game than trying to react naturally in the passing game. Okay, interesting, interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and let's go into Jordan Poyer. I mean, he had that elbow injury. If you haven't seen the picture of it, I mean, the guy looks like he's got a club on his elbow or something. It's it's so swollen. Um, he has not participated at all this week in practice. Uh, I mean, it feels like he's not going to play this this Sunday. Is that kind of is that kind of your your opinion? Oh yeah, I mean he he's working working without the brace on, which is cool. Um, he doesn't have the compression sleeve on there, but that thing looks angry. And it, I mean, the first thing I thought of when I saw John Scott post that video, I mean, I had 
so many people tag me in that on Twitter. But the <laughs> first thing I thought was Bruce Smith, the way his, the way his elbows looked. Uh, I think last year or this year at uh, training camp, it just didn't look pretty. Um, but he said, Poyer said that it was a different injury from training camp. And I believe him when he says that, but there might be other damage in there. Um, you know, there's the ulnar nerve, like they talked about Josh Allen. That's obviously going to be the same anatomical structure that you're going to see in Jordan Poyer. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but then you have all your flexor tendons in there. And then you also have your, your biceps tendon, which I don't believe he injured the biceps tendon, but you got to wonder if maybe he didn't injure some of the flexor tendons in there because, um, he wasn't moving that, that elbow too much when he was running. Like he was trying to keep it real stiff. And I'm sure the swelling in there was preventing him from getting full flexion, full extension. And then, you know, is that going to affect his grip strength? Is he going to be able to even catch a football or, or wrap up a guy effectively? Based on what I was seeing on video, I'm thinking there's there's no way, you know, that they're using the day-to-day uh, very liberally, but that's their prerogative to do what they want to do. So keep him out another week, and I think it may just trying to buy time, get him out there, and just see if that, that, sh- that elbow is going to calm down enough to where maybe you can get him out there at least 70% and, you know, keep him moving along. I mean, Jordan Poyer has just been a soldier this season, especially with the injuries he sustained in training camp. He had that collapsed lung just a few weeks ago where he couldn't ride on the team plane, but he still found a way to get to the game and play. Um, you know, how you watch this from a rehab perspective from a guy who's battling through injuries, who's coming back whenever he can. Um, how much is it, like, to admire from healthcare perspective or from someone that's helped you know people through rehab and then like does that affect your own opinion of should they do anything they can to find a way to you know re-sign this guy for at least one year or two years or whatever you could see you could see why he was trying to get a contract extension signed in preseason i mean this is exactly the worst fears that's why you get drew rosenhaus to uh, negotiate on your behalf so you can get the money you need in case of events such as this here uh, I'm sure in the negotiating table, they're going to say, hey, you're beat up. You missed X number of games. You this and that. You're losing a step. You didn't get all pro or whatever that happens in the season. So they're going to use it all against them. And so, like, I don't blame him one bit for getting out there. But, I mean, he's shown he's one of the heart the heart and soul of the team. He's out with Kyle Williams. We've seen other guys throughout the years where they're just, if they're not in the locker room, you're missing a piece of that. So I want to see him come back because I, he, he proves that he wants to be out there and play because he could just be like, hey, I'm good. I'm going to get surgery for this. I'm going to sit out and do this. I'm going to save my body for your free agency. And he could have done that, but he knows that this is probably one of his last shots to get in the Super Bowl. Cause as far as I know, he's never even played in the Super Bowl. Um, so it's like to get, to have a chance to play in there. He's not going to, um, he's going to risk, I don't want to say life and limb, though he kind of almost did with the pneumothorax, but he's going to do whatever he can to at least try to give him the opportunity because if he wins the Super Bowl, then he cashes in. I think that's going to help his cause later on, Bills or someone else. Yeah, you know, you know, I it's so hard to see them finding a way to make room. And I know that the the cap isn't real, and there's always way to to find uh, money in the banana stand, right? And I'm just hoping that they somehow find a way for. He's just one of those. I was on the fence in the beginning of the season, like you know, well, I know he's really good. I know he's really good, um, but maybe he's a little bit, you know, older. And does he deserve the next contract? Hey, if the Bills can find a way to sign him to a one-year contract or a two-year extension or whatever the case is, and 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 find a way to make him a part of this team, I mean, you saw how important he was without Micah Hyde being there, and how how much he's missed when he's not on the field. Um, not that you know Jaquan Johnson, Demar Hamlin can't be him. I mean, they're just they're just not at his level yet. Um, if they ever will be, uh, I think that that much is clear. Um, so the Bills are six and two right now, going into the Vikings, uh, going in to play the Vikings in Orchard Park. They're in Buffalo uh, this next week. Um, the Bills opened up, I believe, we were nine and a half point favorites. I think the it's moved down to three and a half point. Um, man, like this this game is so hard. To tell, like, I mean, we suspect Case Keenum is playing, so is this a revenge game for Case Keenum or what? I mean, he's played, Case Keenum has played for like 10 different teams, so like he could have 10 different revenge games. Maybe that doesn't matter. Uh, But he is playing with Stephon Diggs again. I mean, I, I wasn't really encouraged with Case Keenum's performance in the preseason. But I will have this caveat, when he was playing with the first team for the limited reps that he did, he looked much better than he did with the second team, and that makes a huge difference. I mean, we all know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on this game coming up? Do you think the Bills come away with a win? Uh, 
are you are you as down on the season as a lot of Bills fans? You mentioned like you know a lot of Bills fans right now like the sky is falling. Of course, we just lost the Jets. That you know they're zero two in the division. You know that Josh Allen's injured. Like they're going to lose this game. I could see them pulling this one out. I'm trying not to be too optimistic, but I could see them doing it. What, what do you what do you think of when you when you think of this this next week game and, and do you see the Bills coming away with a win? I guess they absolutely see the Bills coming away with a win. I mean, this team is too deep and talented all everywhere else. You shouldn't be removing one player and suddenly your whole team falls apart. I mean, there's so much other talent on the team. Um, are you going to put it 40 points? No, but 21 to 20, you know, 17, 16, I don't care how you get there. A W is a W. So like find a way. And they, they've used that, that uh, mantra in the past with the bills there. So I can definitely see him winning. Um, I, <clears throat> I know a lot of people have said the Vikings are not a real 7-1 team because they've played a lot of backup quarterbacks and they've had the benefit of whatever, but they still got the wins that they need to to be in the position that they're in. So uh, you can't count the Bills out. I mean, you lose barely to the Dolphins with everything happening with that. Just, you know, like, they're not getting blown out by teams. That's the one thing we've seen this year that we're not seeing, that we saw in previous years. We'd have some real bad games where guys were just getting just demolished, you know, on the Bills side. This year, it's like, it's coming out in the last play, and you got to play your best ball in order to beat the Bills. So I expect that same thing to be happening come Sunday. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of see it the way you do. Um, you know, you also have the Vikings coming off, coming to Orchard Park as opposed to the other way around. They're not going to be in a dome. I mean, that helps the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, Cover One put up some a really cool graphic um, on Instagram about you know, where the Bills uh, finish offensively and defensively in DVOA, which is basically, you know, it's, it takes rankings into account, but it also takes into, like, the level of play that you've played against. And, you know, Buffalo Bills are basically top five, top six in offensive and defensive rankings. And then you have the Vikings who are, like, you know, 11 to 20 in all of these rankings. So, yeah, they might not be as good as their record has shown so far. I mean, they give them credit they've won man like you know just like the jets or just like anyone else who you didn't think was necessarily a contender at the beginning of the season man they they've won them um but i think this is to your point this is this is a bigger test than i think what they're used to even with uh josh allen being out and you know what this is going to be a huge test for ken dorsey ken dorsey has never had a game plan uh put a game plan around uh, a quarterback not named Josh Allen. So I think I think you know minus last game, I think he's had a really good season so far. Uh, game planning for for Josh or for the offense for the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be his biggest test, and I think he kind of looks forward to these kinds of tests. Um, I think he's working around it, and I think he's you know been uh, in depth into you know, what his quarterbacks are good and bad at. And I think he's going to tailor what I could see. I guess, I guess when I look back at it, like Brian Dable, I feel like was just like, this is what we're going to do this game, you know, and, and only if it's terrible, maybe we'll change it. Like maybe, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Um, I don't think Ken Dorsey's that way. I think he's going to go with a game plan. And if it sucks and it doesn't do well, like let's change it up. Let's not yep. do that for a while. So, so I feel really confident, uh, especially after talking with you about it <laughs> and all the players that we're going to hopefully get back that we did not have last week at our disposal um kyle this is oh it's always first of all it's always good to talk to you um it's it's a shame we don't do it as much um but um, i appreciate the heck out of you making the time um this week on a short week when you're so busy um where can people find all your work on your website on social media everything you do well, I enjoy talking with you too, Nate. We go back a few years. You helped get me with Buffalo Rumblings, and you know, it's like I, those relationships are important. So, like when you get when you reach out, when other uh, places that I've, I've worked with in the past reach out, I try to make that happen. I think that's really important there. So, um, in order to find what I do, uh, you can go to bangedupbills.com. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook at Banged Up Bills. You can find um, you know some other content. I do weekly video reviews for AFC East. I cover one. Uh, I as injuries and things like that pop up. I do some stuff for Buffalo Rumblings, uh, more special stuff. Uh, I do a weekly appearance on Locked On Bills, Gridiron Heroics, and Buffalo Late Night. And then I'm making the podcast rounds here this week. So um, <laughs> if you can't find me, I, I don't know. You're not looking hard enough, I guess. <laughs> Well, you've definitely made the rounds. I appreciate you making one of the stops here, Kyle. You're the man, like I said, again. And uh, and thanks again, man. Go Bills. Go Bills. 
Thank you guys all for listening uh, to this episode. We're going to do a Twitter space a little bit later than normal um, after the 1 o'clock game, probably closer to 7.30 or so Eastern time for our Twitter space um, call-in fan reaction episode. So catch us there. This episode, again, is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again in a couple of days. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Uh. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? No. Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? No. I don't see nobody stopping us. No. Number one, no one on top uh. of us. What they gonna do in Matt Malone? Coming with the blitz off the edge Don't you throw it in the air Cause Trey White and Micah Hyde will intercept Von Miller getting double team Now the team getting easy sacks Russo with the double moves Coming straight for the quarterback Take him down, take him down McDermott clapping on the sidelines And the crowd going crazy Mafia, it's our time Josh Allen, it's your time It's the Mafia, yeah Sunday, one Bills drive Mafia, where you at? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. 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 It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, Buffalo. Buffalo, it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen, looking down the field, see no one open, so he scrambled right. He sees somebody open, but he off balance, so he gotta be focused. Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shock, 70 yards. Will it be called Gabe Davis or Jay Crowder? Down the field, past the whole roster, that Steph Diggs make it so easy. Touchdown, high I feel rockin' every Sunday Got a hangover on every Monday Get your bass kicked, you know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gon' pass us? With Devin and Cook, you know we great If you're not a Bills fan, we don't relate Nah Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Don Brown, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? No one Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>